It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to your Friday edition of the Rangers Rabble podcast. I'm Martin Douglas and I am joined tonight by my two good friends, Cami and Wolf. Gentlemen, how are you? Very well, thank you, ma'am. Very good, Martin. Um, right, we will be joined later on in the show by the Sunday Mail's chief football writer, uh, Scott McDermott. But before we get Scott on, um, I thought, obviously, Wolf, you'd done the live reaction last night. Um, but I thought we would just quickly touch on uh, last night's game, Cam. I'll come to you first. Um, a lot of changes made. Um, I thought we played okay, considering the amount of changes we made. What did you make it? Okay, I mean, I think, to be honest with you, there was a, wee, a slight change to the to the shape as well. I think uh, Davis and Kamara playing that, that wee bit deeper, you know. But I think, certainly, the, the first 10 minutes, we looked, at, we looked like a team that had uh, had, had just met sort of situation, you know, but I thought we we sort of found our way into the match, uh, we got ourselves into a, into a winning position with a, with a nice goal from, uh, from from Scott Wright but we just couldn't we just couldn't see it through, you know, but I think it, with that and that number of changes, I think you're going to you're not going to get a fluent uh, free-flowing performance, you know I, I think against a side I think against a side if you were playing against a Hamilton or somebody like that, but St Johnson are a, a very well, uh, well organised and well drilled side. So I think uh, going in with, without your your sort of key attackers, mm-hmm. I think uh, it, the game pretty much went as uh, expected. And I think as I was talking to Wilf at half time last night, and even though the first half hadn't been great, I thought we would have we would do enough to win the game, which is until the ninety third minute we had done enough to win the game, sort of thing, you know, but over the piece I would say probably the a draw was probably a, a fair result for, for what both sides had put into it. Hold on, you were talking to Wolf at half time. How come the knees were talking to me at half time? I was too busy trying to do the, I was trying to do the the Rangers quiz. Exactly. Talk to Cammy, watch the ladies game. You know what I mean? I've got no good time to speak to you as well. <laughs> So that, how did you go, how did you go on with the quiz, by the way? Oh, disaster! 
Ah, as usual, as usual. That time, that time you tell me you get 15 out of 18, I don't believe you. I did, I did. I was, I was, I was fifth, I got three wrong. I'll message Colin and ask. Can I ask him? He'll tell you. He'll tell you. <laughs> but, well, obviously last night, look, you were on the, the, the match reaction. Um, the good thing, I suppose, about doing a podcast the next day or the day after is you get a kind of chance to reflect and did that maybe get that wrong? Was I right about that? Um, and I did notice in the live reaction you spoke about you were surprised at how many changes Gerard made. Um, can you understand why he done it though? I mean, the, the league was wrapped up after the first game of the season. Um, he's trying to give players a rest. He's trying to give players games, obviously, who haven't had much. Seven changes. Normally, you would say that's far too many, but under the circumstances, can you understand why Gerard done it? I absolutely do. Yeah, I mean, I do understand why he made so many. I'm just surprised because it's not really what he does. And you know he's he's on he's on record the saying you know the un, the un, staying unbeaten this season doesn't in the league doesn't really doesn't win you anything but it would be nice to have uh, and after the after admitting that he made a few mistakes in that in that game in Paisley in December that we don't like talking about I didn't expect as many changes just because of that because of the way the way mm. he was but I mean I also noticed. I didn't notice it before the, for the live reaction last night because I didn't see his interview by that point. You know when he when he came out and said that everything he did last night was for Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know everything everything that he did, and he's never done that before. So he basically it was basically just get this game over and get it out of the way. Mm-hmm. So making so many changes lessened the chance of a of a, a big player, if you like, getting getting injured or getting sent off or something happening. So I'm I can understand why he made the changes, but I'll stick by what I said last night. I'm still very surprised he made so many. Does that maybe say, Cammy, that look, maybe I'm totally wrong here? Like I say on nearly every podcast, I usually am wrong. Um, but does that maybe say that Gerard and the players aren't they really that bothered about this whole unbeaten run? Um, making that many changes. The only other time he's done it is like we say that game that we will not discuss. Um, because I think if we do go on and win the cup, we'll all be kicking ourselves that we're not sitting here with a treble. But um, I forgot where that question was going, but uh, you, you get my gist. I, I, do, I do think they are shooting for an unbeaten record and 100 points, but I think winning the Scottish Cup is the the, the main priority. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely believe that we will go unbeaten, get 100 points and win the Scottish Cup. You know, So I think um, I had we'd obviously been in conversations during the course of uh, yesterday on Twitter and group messages and stuff and I was I was expecting a lot of uh, a lot of changes I expected Simpson to get a chance because Hollander's always uh, needed to be managed you know he's mm-hmm. the type of guy that can play um, and I think I, I think the start was we've got eight games in the next 30 days assuming we uh, make it to the Scottish Cup final you know I mean I think, to be honest with you, I think if the, the likes of Ryan Jack or even Zungu had been available, I think he would probably have liked to have given uh, Davis or Kamara mm-hmm. the night off as well, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest with you. You know, I mean, that's, uh, I think we are a, a little bit light in, in certain positions um, for, the, for, the, for, the rest of the, for the rest of this season, you know. So, it is, uh, I think it showed in the performance that, it was I as much as they're all good players and on paper, it still looked an exciting lineup and they were going to the, the sort of relationships and the fluency just wasn't there. But it's uh, 
I, I totally understand. And when the gaffer comes out post match and just tells you like it is, then you say, well, that's why he's the, that's why he's the manager. And he he knows what's uh, what each player's um, sort of capabilities are. And I think um, I disappointing to to lose that goal right at the end, but. It's, uh, we're still on track for 100 points and I'm still very confident we'll do that. Sorry, Mark. The other thing you've got to remember as well with, with respect to the amount of changes is the guys that came in and they did look a bit rusty at the start because you know, they've never played together. Etc. But a lot of them hadn't played at all in weeks and months mm-hmm. because because of the current situation. There are no other games than the first team games. There's no B team games. There's no reserve games. There's no youth league. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so guys like like Bassi who came, who came off the bench, for, that's the first time he's kicked the ball since the last time he was in the first team. Mm-hmm. Same with same with Jack Simpson. So these guys, these guys aren't getting any game time at all. So that that's another another way to look at it with the amount of changes that he made to give these guys a bit of time because they're they're not getting games of any description. They can't even play bounce games. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're getting no football at all. I know, and we'll, we'll come on to uh, Bassi and. Uh, Patterson a little bit later, um, but well, just just coming back to the changes. Obviously, the seven changes made. Were you surprised that even though we didn't have a Jack or a Zungu, that Davis still played? Because I mean, look, I, I get what Davis does, and I actually thought Davis was was really good. He, he, Davis is just so good at what he does, right? But see, just just for that one game, considering the amount of changes he made, could you not have threw a even though I don't like him in it, could you know if through a Joe Arib went in midfield or a Hadji in the midfield to cover Davis and give him that time off? I think he might have considered that if Tav wasn't if Tav wasn't back. I think one of the reasons Davis was in was to keep an eye on was to keep an eye on Tav and back mm-hmm. him up. You know, because obviously he's he's I mean he's still well short in fitness. I think that was his first game in ten weeks. So I think covering for him was one of the reasons that Davis was in was was in the start the starting lineup. And incidentally, I believe that was Stephen Davis's 55th match of the season last night. Not that there's any significance in the number 55. Well, you know, <laughs> it'd be nice if it fell in the cup game. You know what I mean? Um, I suppose the one thing we have to talk about last night, Cammy, and look, Stephen Gerrard didn't make much about it post-match. And I think Stephen Gerrard even said that St Johnston's penalty that they scored from was a penalty. Um, but that refereeing performance last night for me was, and look, we could sit here probably every week and say that refereeing performance wasn't up to standard, but I just felt last night that was the first time in a while that we've, we've seen a really, really honking refereeing performance. To be honest, I'd never ever heard of the guy um, no. prior, prior to last night, um, which makes me think it was a competition winner that um, it was just... <laughs> Giving him a match, you know. I mean, I think he was absolutely stinking for both sides. To be perfectly yeah. honest with you, there was, uh, it was just you could almost see Stephen Gerrard at the end of the end of the game. He sort of had a wee chuckle to to Callum Davidson, and there, there probably there's been a bit of banter on the touchline during the during the course of the game. And I think both I think both managers would be, you know. Mm-hmm. Where, where did they where did they get these people from? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just listen. I get it's a, a relatively it's a difficult job, but that guy last yeah, but, night. Oh. But Cammy, it's Cammy, It's not it's not difficult to get to get the to get the obvious ones right. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I mean, it's not difficult to get the easy ones right. And I mean, I'm sure we've had him before because I, re- I definitely recognise his name. I'm sure we've had him at least a couple of times before. But the one that I'm still laughing at was about 10 or 15 minutes from the end when uh, the St. Johnston player, I can't remember who it was, was shielding the ball from Jermaine Defoe, making no attempt to play it. And he gave him a free kick. Defoe mm-hmm. just went to the referee. Defoe, I mean, Defoe didn't even challenge for the ball because he knew he'd have to climb over the guy to get it. And the guy was twice the size of him. You know, and he, and he gave St. Johnston a free kick. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was that was almost as laughable as the penalty that he gave and then decided he better speak to the linesman, which is what he should have done in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and on that, Wolf, by the way, the penalty that was given that was then, um, the decision was then changed. Um, and I, I don't know if anybody watched the game on St. Johnston TV. Um, and I think that Derek McInnes has got a fabulous career ahead of him as a commentator. Um, honestly, guys, he's absolutely dreadful. Um, but you know, uh, it was Derek McInnes, and and I, and I thought, oh, here we go. We're go- all we're going to hear about now is this overturned penalty. But never in a million years was that a penalty. But what? I don't even know what he gave it for. I mean, did he originally give it for the supposed handball or for the, or for the or for the challenge? I think it was for the, the, the looking at it. I thought it was for the challenge. But then when you look back, because you know, on, range, on Rangers TV, I watched it on Rangers TV from Paris. And yes. watch that on Rangers TV. Both Tom Miller and uh, and Andy Little for the handball. You know what I mean? I, I, so I, I, we don't I, I even, we don't even know what he gave up. Not a clue. Don't know. Uh, well, I mean, the top bottom line is it's it's basic stuff. If you're mm-hmm. not sure, consult your linesman. Don't make a decision, then go and speak to him. Mm-hmm. That's that's basic. I mean, my my daughter my daughter texts me. She just finished once and watched that at her mother's. And she texts me and she went. What's this referee doing? Why is he mm-hmm. giving the decision then speaking to the linesman? She says, I've never seen that before. And she's watched an awful lot of football. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it, it defies logic. It's just, he was he was an absolute disgrace. No, he was. He was. Sorry, hold on. I have just been informed that I have a burger waiting for me. So that's going to be cold by the end of this podcast anyway. <laughs> um, but but sorry, Cam, on to you for the, for the, for the penalties as well, you know. First of all, was, first of all, what was the one that they scored? The one that was given in the last minute was that a penalty? No, never in a never in a monthly Sundays. The boys stuck the penalty away well, but for me, never a penalty. Mm-hmm. But having said that, I was watching the game in the Netherlands, so it was, <laughs> it, was it, it was a little bit hazy. So my recollection of the of the individual instances isn't, isn't clear, but for me, it was never a penalty. My flight wouldn't connect, so I had to <laughs> I had to stay at home and watch it on St. Johnston TV. So just finally then, on the game, well, obviously we've seen, we've seen Captain Tav back, um, obviously with, and we'll, we'll come on to discuss it later on, but with the result today, he looks quite far away from being fully fit. He does, but that hour he got that hour he got yesterday or done him a power good. That'll mm-hmm. you know, that'll have got that'll give him minutes that he that he sorely needed. Um I've got no doubt I've got no doubt they'll manage him properly with his uh, his training time and stuff between now and Sunday. And I've got no I've got no qualms with him coming back into the team at all. And the team we'll, we'll just play better with him knowing that he's there, I think. Aye. Aye, I suppose Cammy gives you that kind of that calm that a lot of people, when he was first made captain, obviously a lot of people, and we've discussed this a hundred million times, so I won't go too much into it, but a lot of people, he's not a captain, he's not this, he's not that. He's been a huge miss since he's been out. 
100, I mean, even though uh, Nathan Patterson's been fantastic, you know, it's, I think even the players, you know, there, there is that sort of, or tabs it right back, just, um, I think he just played himself in last night, I don't think he, I, he, I don't think he, he, he tried to do anything too complicated, I, he's not had a lot of, he's not had a lot of time on the training field, you know, I think uh, Celtic. Yeah, I think he only trained Friday, Saturday before the before the Celtic game. Even before that game, he's probably had he's maybe only had three sessions, you know, proper sessions with the with the squad. And then he's obviously he's played sixty minutes, a bit of recovery, and maybe a, a day or two is training before before Sunday. But then you've got a week leading into the the, the last Old Firm game, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So he'll be able to get a wee bit of a wee bit of more time on the training field. I mean, his fitness is his fitness is there. I think it's just getting that confidence back on the back on the ball, and I think he'll he'll just be wanting to ease himself in gently uh, without. Um, he does he, he doesn't need to do anything too complicated, you know. He just I think other players are going to have to step up creatively. I think it, the the other fullback. I think Borner. You might you might get a situation where rather than the two fullbacks bombing on one of them's one of them, it might be Tav, mm-hmm. just almost sits just as the right back, you know, and uh, and we're relying for on Borna on the left hand side to provide the uh, more of the attacking threat for the fullback areas. I know, but look, finish finish one each. Look, seven changes. I still think we looked okay, and. Uh, I don't think we can really, really take too much complaints away from it. Right, so welcome into the podcast now, as of course the Sunday Mail's chief football writer, Scott McDermott. Scott, how are you? I'm good, yourself? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, right, so we'll just kind of jump into today's kind of breaking news. Scott, and I'll come to you first, obviously. The SFA coming back, um, rejecting Rangers' appeal. So the band stands six games and two suspended. Were you surprised at all? I'm not really surprised, no. Um, mainly because I think we have got used to uh, a bit of inconsistency, obviously for SFA regarding various disciplinary issues. Um, that does seem quite harsh. You know, obviously when you look at no, Rangers will be comparing it to volleyball and goalie, I'm assuming, which I think you will correct me for all five five games with two suspended, so it was like three games. So you know, for what he did in terms of leaving the country and going to Spain, coming back, training and playing, I mean, it does seem a lot worse than what these boys have, have mm-hmm. done. Now, we, we don't know the exact details, but listening to Stephen Gerrard, it's, and just for what I've heard, we snippets and stuff, I mean, it sounds as if you no, know, a few of them have, have gathered in a house. I don't think it lasted that long, for what I've heard before. You know, people kind of get out of there. Um, so it doesn't seem as bad, and I think that was the basis of Rangers' appeal. You know, when you listen to Gerard, I think that he wanted the SFA to take the actual circumstances into consideration. I think he thought that was that's why the appeal would be successful. And if you think the ball and goalie. No, five games, two suspended. Then you think of the Aberdeen boys, who obviously were outside and had a meal and that. I think they were just a suspended ban. I think Rangers have been thinking 
that you know, these five boys probably deserve something in between. Whereas it looks to me to be in the kind of high scale, uh, like a kind of high high scale ban up there with the ball and goalie incident, which you no, know, I, I think Rangers have certainly got grounds to feel slightly aggrieved at that. But in terms of the SFA handing out the ban and then having the appeal, it doesn't surprise me too much. No, and well, I think we were expecting, there goes Cammy's camera again. Um, we, were, we were expecting, obviously, I think the the appeal yeah. to come back a, a few days ago. Um, in fact, I'll, I'll just ask you quickly, Scott, do you know why that was delayed? I don't the, actually. I was speaking, no, I was speaking to somebody about it yesterday. I've, I've got no no idea. I know, obviously, the daily journalists were uh, expecting it. Uh, yesterday, the day before, it was, it was due. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were... No, they were waiting on it, so I don't know if there's been an explanation or if somebody's explained why, uh, somebody the SFA's explained why it was slightly delayed, but they've obviously announced it today. So, yeah, Wolf, your thoughts? Um, I Originally, I thought when they when they announced the, the six games with, with two suspended, I, I, I thought that was to give them a bit of leverage so that if Rangers appealed, which they probably expected us to, you know, they, they could knock a game off and say, well, look, it's the same as well in goalie and we've compromised. You know, quite often you get the football authorities will do that. They'll come in, they'll come in high, expecting an appeal, then they can drop it off. And they drop half of it off and everybody's quite happy. But I'm, I'm not at all surprised that, that, that they left it the way it is. But the fact it's taken them nearly 48 hours to come out with the, the, out, the outcome of it, to me, is ridiculous because we could quite easily uh, you know, done, done without the, the band players last night. You know, in parts, parts and Bass, he didn't have to feature last night, mm-hmm. and that'd have been one of the games out of the way. You know, for me, the only, the only thing I can think of is because the, I believe the appeal hearing didn't start till six o'clock on Tuesday, which means it went on kind of into the evening. And Brian Kinnear was on the bench, I think. For I think it's, I think it's, is it Annan he's at? I think he was on the bench for Annan. So obviously, if they then turned around yet yesterday and said, well, the band, the bands stand. But he was, but he effectively played on the Tuesday night. Rangers might have gone back to him. Hold on, how could he have been involved on Tuesday night? I don't know. That's probably thinking too much into it. But that's the only reason I can think for leaving it so late to give us the the outcome of the appeal. I noticed how you made a wee bandstand, and that was quite a nice wee wordplay. Well, that's quite smart for you. Um, uh, but Cammy, on a more serious note, look. Scott's mentioned that they're ball and goalie. You've got Celtic in Dubai. You've got Aberdeen players. So for you, with your kind of most unbiased head on, does the punishment fit the crime? No, not at all. I mean, uh, Scott talks about inconsistencies. Rangers in their statement talk about inconsistencies, how the SFA are doing it differently to pretty much every other association. Mm-hmm. You think about down south, there are others, uh, the, the Leicester players recently breaching COVID uh, regulations Brendan Rogers took them out. Apparently, the, if they the club doesn't do anything, it's pretty much a one game ban. That's that's the way that they're looking at the the sort of punishments. But all these things should have been sorted at the start of the season. You know, it was like that would be too much like organisation in this situation. If you do this, you get a three game ban, a four game ban, a five game ban. You know. It, it just it sums up the way that the SFA go about their, um, their business. I'm not surprised at all. 
that um, the, the punishment stands. Um, unfortunately, that pretty much ends Nathan Patterson's uh, season, um, which is which is unfortunate given the, the form he's in, you know. But Rangers' relationship with the SFA is, I don't think there is a relationship, to be perfectly honest with you. The, the irony is, we, we're talking about inconsistency, but, but no, I suppose the SFA would say, well, we are consistent because the, you know, their ban ties in with the, the ball and goalie ban, but I think that's the point. That's where the inconsistency is. I think mm-hmm. surely each case has to be taken on its own merits. And uh, no, Rangers appealed it because I, at the start, I was quite, I was slightly surprised that they appealed. I just thought they would take their medicine, and just just go on with it. But I'm, I'm positive that, that Gerard, once he knew the facts of what actually happened that night, I'm I'm confident that he thought, no, there's genuine grounds for for appeal here. Well, once they hear what's happened, it will surely get get reduced, but I think that's where the surprise and the disappointment will come in for, for Rangers' point of view. Um, so as I say, the, I mean, the SFA probably do think they've been consistent you know, when you compare ball and goal to these five boys, but to me that's the point. You can't just... I mean, surely you've got to look at each, inc- at each incident in isolation and then decide um, how big a punishment it deserves. Well, I mean, for, for, for me, for me, the... the they, they can't even say it's, it's comparable with ball and goalies because as you said Scott ball and goalie went, went abroad came back trained and played yeah. the, these players were these players were, 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 caught in, were caught in a house doing whatever they were playing board games or whatever whatever the rumours are they were doing and they they went to Rangers and said look we've made a mess of this you know we've done this and we shouldn't have so they basically admitted to their wrongdoing whereas ball and goalie came back played a game, played a game of football and he could mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he could have infected, he could have infected his own teammates, and I think it was Kamarnik they were playing, yeah. and the, the Kamarnik players as well. To me, it's not comparable at all, but the, but the punishment is more severe. I just don't get it at all. No, and 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 Scott Cammy made a good point there about Nathan Patterson. Obviously, now that's obviously Nathan Patterson's season over. So, from a Rangers point of view, taking that away from a COVID point of view, does that now rule Patterson out of the Euros? It wouldn't for me, no. Um... I think you know, I pretty much decided after watching Nathan Parts in the last few weeks, you know, when you look at the European game, but especially the Celtic game, I mean I know there's no I know there's no a crowd there obviously, so you've no got that kind of pressure pot environment uh, or atmosphere, but you know, how he handled that old firm game, um, how he handled the European game, I just think from a Scotland point of view, he should be in that squad, I think. No, we're toiling for right backs. What do you respect to boys like Stephen O'Donnell and, and Liam Palmer? Um, I just think you get into a U. Steve Clark must have been watching. Must have been watching the old Firm game, thinking we need to have this guy in and in and about it. No, it might be as you going as he's probably going to have two right backs in the squad. So, but no, I would like to think he would even get in as the kind of second second choice initially. Um, but no, I don't think. I mean, it's a blow. He's going to miss these games, and he's not going to get that. That kind of momentum, but I would like to think Steve Clark's seen enough, and he'd have spoke to Stephen Gerrard, no doubt about that about him. Um, I'd like to think he's seen enough to think, well, I need to have him in there. I need to have him. I need to have him in that squad for the summer. Well, see that that that's the point, Cammy. I mean, listen, we're obviously biased. We're Rangers supporters. We've seen him play five, six, seven games, whatever. To me, anyway, who's I mean, I'm I'm not a football coach or whatever, but I mean, I don't think Stephen O'Donnell already could lace Patterson's boots. But with a ban coming, will Steve Clark feel under pressure not to pick him, or will Steve Clark just 
just not pick him, I suppose. Not not for a not for a, a Scotland point of view or a supporters' point of view, but for Steve Clark's own personal point of view. Oh, so Steve, Steve Clark's got to pick the best. His job as Scotland manager is to pick the best players available. And come when he names his squad, Nathan Parson will be available to him. So, mm. the ban or no SFA allegiances or whatever you want to call it. I mean, that just shouldn't come into Steve Clark's thinking. If it does, then he's not doing his he's not doing his job properly. And listen, you you're saying about you no know, being biased towards Parson and that, of course. But listen, if you'd have said to me a few months ago. Should he been in the squad, I would have said no, because he's not played enough football. I hadn't seen enough of him. I hadn't, hadn't proved enough no, at a certain level. But I just think in the last no, month to six weeks and the games that he's played in between European, no, the European games and obviously the Old Firm game. Um, I mean, I said to somebody last night, I was at the I was at Pataudry last night for the Aberdeen Celtic game. And I mean, we were talking about John Joe Kenny at Celtic. Now, if, if Everton... We're going to sell John Joe Kenny this summer, which they might do. I reckon Everton would probably want between 10 and 12 million for him. 10, 12, 13 million for him. Because he's played in the Bundesliga. He's played mm-hmm. in the Bundesliga. He's played in the Premier League. You know, he's at a decent age. Premier League money, we know what the fees are like down there. Honestly, they would be looking for upwards of 10 million, I think, for John Joe Kenny for a permanent transfer. And yet, in the old firm game, Nathan Patterson looked every every bit the player John Joe John Joe Kenny as if no more. So that's going to be encouraging for for Rangers. Well, be yourself, Cammy. I know, I know. Listen, I know you're not really the the biggest Scotland fan in the world, um, but Nathan Patterson. Do you think he might make that Scotland team? Do you think Steve Clark might pick him? I think Scott's bang on. You know, I mean, if you're picking it based on picking the best players, you know, the 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 band shouldn't actually bear any have any input in it because there's going to be players probably within that squad that aren't playing every week anyway mm-hmm. you know so you know I mean uh, there's there's a few contenders that have, have barely have barely kicked a ball this season and they're in they're in contention he's only 19 you know I mean he's still going to be able to play for the Scotland under 21s when that starts you know but I think for, for Rangers point of view I want him to get the summer off. From the players' point of view, I want him to to go um, because I think it would be. You think about up against England, it could be up against Foden or Sterling or somebody like that. You know, I mean, it, it'll be good practice for for the uh, Champions League next season. You know, coming up against guys like that. You know, so uh, I I think if I was a if I was a betting man, I think he would. Uh, he'll probably make the squad. No, I mean, from well, me personally, I hope he does because. I might not be the biggest fan of Scotland anymore, but just for young Nathan himself, I would like to see him progress on that international stage. Now, well, one one thing I suppose that this band does do, although it doesn't really matter about the league games, it's more the cup games, it leaves us kind of short in the full-back area. Um, obviously, Tav's just came back for a, a serious injury, and, you know, the St. John's the game the other night, he looked okay, but he looked a million miles off anywhere near his top form. Borna Barisic has come under a little bit of criticism for his performances lately. So I suppose it does a tiny bit leave a shot at fullback for these cup games. Oh, it definitely leaves a shot because that's I me. Mean, that's all that two's all we've got now. Mm-hmm. You know, because the, the the two backup players are, are now suspended until the last game of the season if we beat St Johnston on Sunday. You know, because they, they'd both be available for the Aberdeen game if if we get to the semi final. Because obviously that would be that would be the last game of the band. Oh, sorry, the second last game of the band, the, the Livingston game. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it leaves it short. But going back to you, to your point about the about the about the Euro squad, I think as as both Scots as both Scots were saying, it would be good for the player himself. You know, for Patterson to get the experience, and even if he didn't play, just to be involved in the squad environment at a at a national tournament, I think it would be, be great for him. But personally, and not taking my blue tinted specs off, if he was in the squad, I would pull him straight out again. Mm. <laughs> I'm surprised. But that's that. just that's just a selfish Rangers point of view. <laughs> <laughs> I get that, but I suppose if you want to look at it from a selfish Rangers point of view, Scott. Nathan Patterson plays for his country, regardless of what country it is, it puts his value up. Oh, 100%. I mean, what a stage for him if he if he gets games at the Euros. I mean, I, I could see him... I could maybe envisage a situation where he goes in with O'Donnell as a kind of backup, right back. But, you know, once Clark has a look at him, they're going to a training camp. They've got two friendlies before the Euros against Portugal and... Uh, against Holland and Luxembourg, sorry, uh, in Portugal, I think. Um... So, I mean, what a platform for him to go mm. and prove himself to Clark, get himself in that team. Um, and then of the whole of Europe watching him and the Euros, as, as Scott says, I mean, playing against England at Wembley up against, you no know, a Rashford or a Foden or, or whatever. I mean, you know, if, you, if you're looking at it from a selfish point of view, uh, you know, from Rangers' selfish point of view, then I think you'd want him playing because, you know, let, let the whole of Europe see him, see his value soar. Um, I know he's, he's just in the team You certainly don't want him gone anywhere But it's never a bad thing When clubs are looking at your players And showing a bit of, showing a bit of interest So no, I think it'd be brilliant I think it'd be brilliant for Scotland Brilliant for the player uh, And actually good, great for Rangers If he, if he managed to get himself in there And just very, very quickly Cammy on uh, Calvin Bassey as well Obviously he's suspended um, Not had... Probably the the best start to his Rangers career, although he's very young. I think that's fair to say. Some games he's looked, don't get me wrong, the guy's a man mountain and he can run. Um, but, I mean, that this run in at the end of the season, but there's plenty of league games that he could have played. It's kind of, do you think that's dealt a blow to his kind of progression? Uh, you know, I think it's it's unfortunate. I mean, I think he had a, a relatively promising start in the games that he, he played before Christmas, but he had an absolute shocker um, at St Mirren. Uh, middle of December, and I think he he disappeared out the picture for a for a good few months after after that, you know. But I think that there's a there's potential there, you know. I mean, I I do wonder if a if a loan would actually benefit him next season. He came from uh, Leicester development. I don't think he's played a lot of a lot of competitive football, you know. So, I, I, but again, the problem that you're going to have is uh, Borna. I still think is the one of the most likely to to de- depart in the summer. So I think that um, that might impact. But aye, it's definitely a blow for for uh, for Bassey to to get to get minutes. I mean, certainly Livingston on the twelfth of May. I think you'll probably see a you'll probably see a similar amount of changes to to what we mm-hmm. did last night. That would have been the ideal sort of sort of game to give uh, to give Bassey and, and give Borna a wee a wee rest because you're you're effectively going to Borner's got the Euros after after the end of the season, you know, so he's uh, he's not going to really get the opportunity to uh, have a have have a bit of have a bit of rest uh, prior to that, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the other young players are not really part. Uh, Zungu's obviously uh, not been in the picture. He's he'll go back to his uh, his parent club, and the other two kids uh, I think are both out of contract in the summer anyway, you know. So 
Aye, it's, it's unfortunate for, for Calvin Bassey, but I've, I've not written off his Rangers career uh, just yet. No, you never know. There's been a lot of talk, obviously, about the possibility that Borna might not be at Rangers next season. But look, we'll need to wait and see. But we shall move on, Wolf, and we shall move on to what is now, obviously, at the weekend, the biggest game in Rangers season. Yeah, it's certainly the, big, the biggest game. We, we, we've been seeing all season the biggest game is the next game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, I mean, this, this one's massive because all we've got left to play for is the Scottish Cup. And I mean, the fact that um, Stephen Jenner's interview last night tells you how much he wants to win that because it's the first time he's come out and said that everything I did tonight was looking at another game. You know, he said everything I did tonight, he's everything he did on Wednesday from the picking of the team, playing of the substitutes, the way the game played out, it was all looking ahead to the cup tie. But all we've had off him all season is one game at a time, the next game, the next game. But he's obviously, that tells me how important to him winning the Scottish Cup is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's absolutely vital in Scotland. Well, it's been a fantastic season for Rangers. We've won the league, we've won the league at a canter. You know, we've embarrassed Celtic quite a lot throughout the season with performances and results and stuff. But how much pressure, if that's fair, do you think is on Steven Gerrard and Rangers to now go and win this competition and make it a double? Listen, at Rangers, there's always pressure, and there should be that pressure on the manager. Um, we spoke to Alec, we did an interview with Alec McLeish today, and he just spoke about the you know, the, the expectation levels when you're Rangers manager. You no, know, you win one trophy and you need to win, you need to win the next one. That's just the that's the rules in in Glasgow at the at the old firm. So there is pressure, and and so there should be. Um, and I agree with what Wolf said. I mean. No, all the eggs on one basket now for Rangers. I think Gerard's doing the right thing. The unbeaten league season <clears throat> would be nice, and I and I think they'll do it. No, despite missing a few players now, obviously I still think they'll get through these three games uh, unbeaten. But the priority now is the is the Scottish Cup, um, and he'll be absolutely desperate to win it. And I think everything will get into these you know, quarter final, semi final, and and final if they if they get there. Um, and at last night, <clears throat> I think he was right to make the changes. But I think even the way the game went, you know, in terms of it being a, a bit of a struggle at times and obviously being pegged back at the end, I actually think that will help Rangers and, and Gerard come Sunday because I think there'll be, I think there'll be a bit of reaction for the players. I think you're going to get guys coming in fresh again, like Kent and Morelos, for instance, would be the main, the main two. And I think also St. Johnson's team won't change too much between mm-hmm. last night and the weekend. Um, that that was just about their strongest team last night. Maybe maybe one or two, but no many, I don't think. So the Rangers players will know, know that it's going to be a tough uh, tough time Sunday. They're not going to get it easy. Callum, talking about Rangers in a great season, St. Johnson and Callum Davidson have had a great season as well. Um, they've got some good players, you know, players that won't be phased going to, going to Ibrook. So... I think it'll be a difficult game. I mean, I expect Rangers to win, but as I say, I think last night would have actually been good for Rangers just to make them aware it's not going to be easy. No, they're not going to, not going to get any, anything handy to them in this uh, kind of run to the, to the cup final. Well, people think after you beat Celtic, it's a, no, it's a done deal and, mm-hmm. and you've won it. Um, so I think it'll actually benefit them. Um, but getting players back, Morelos, Kent, Aribo and others coming back fresh, um, should no, well, should be a huge advantage to Rangers come come Sunday. And look, we, we touched on it a, a little bit earlier, Cami. But was there anything I suppose from last night 
that you've seen for St Johnston with a, a much rotated Rangers team that would give you any doubts at all going into the weekend? No, I think it'll be a hard game. They've gave us uh, they've gave us some decent matches this season, to be honest with you. I think certainly early in the, the season we scored a, a couple of goals in the first 15, 20 minutes, which I think made the game far easier, you know, but they're a well organised side. Callum Davidson's mm-hmm. done a done a fine job, to be honest. I thought he'd have been in the running for the for the Aberdeen job. Um he's done he's done uh, he's done such a he's done such a good job. But um mm-hmm. no I mean, I think again it's about what we do. It's about how we approach the game. It's the tempo that we play and it's re- re- repeat everything that we've said before um before pretty much every game. The opposition's really irrelevant. It's about what what Rangers goes on the on the pitch and if we play at the right tempo, move the ball, get them moving about, I think we will go through by a couple of goals. I know, and you know, Wolf, it's been a strange season, right? Because we've we've pretty much looked unbeaten apart from one game against um St Mirren. Um but this the the fact that it's at Ibrooks, the fact that we're unbeaten at Ibrooks, we've only conceded a, I don't even know what is it, three goals, four goals or something. Um, I mean, if I'm a St Johnston player going into that and, and I'm playing Rangers at Ibrooks, it's not filling me with much confidence. No, I mean, they're, they're looking at it saying that we we are really, really difficult to beat at Ibrooks. Um, well, because we haven't been beaten, I haven't dropped anything at Ibrooks domestically. Exactly. And, um, as, I mean, echoing everything Cammy says, it's all, it's all down to what we do. It's all down to what Rangers do. You know, we, we move the ball about quickly. Take them to places they don't want to go. Use the whole the whole size of the park. Every blade of grass on the park. I think we'll win quite comfortably, and that's not going to be easy because they don't get up a lot of goals, but they also don't score a lot of goals. So if you get mm. if you get a couple ahead, you're not really in much danger because Johnson really don't score a lot of goals. I know. And by the way, I should just say very quickly, and I hope I get this right. It's big Phil Hollander's birthday today, so a big happy yes. birthday to Phil Hollander. No, unless because you know how sometimes when you look on Twitter. And you'll see a post, and then you don't look up, and it's like two days. You know what I mean? I did that. I did that I'm all the sure, time. I'm right? sure he's a regular. Uh, he listens to all the pods. To be honest with you, oh, sure he, he, I, he does. He does. <coughs> Him and all his family and all the Rangers team. Everybody listens to this podcast. All two hundred <laughs> people. All the and Cammy's on them. <laughs> aye, well, aye. Very popular manager, Cammy. Right, so Cammy obviously changes to the team for Sunday. Um, we another, another seven, eight changes. I think uh, we're back to the, the, the team selection last night told its own story. You know, I think we're back to the situation that we were before the Celtic game. I think nine of the nine of the side picks itself. It depends. I think he'll play the side that played against Celtic, to be perfectly honest with you. But you could equally see him going in with Roof, um, Morelos and Kent. You could drop a Rebo back. Mm-hmm. I think nine of the 11 positions are pretty much... Uh, nailed on, but it really depends tactically. Uh, I mean, Aribo played fantastically well on Sunday, but he was he was up against uh, he was up against Laxalt, which will be a different <laughs> fish to what he's going to sure. face. They're just different styles styles of play, and mm-hmm. I think um, without criticising, I think both Celtic fullbacks. I thought tactically. We played very, we played very clever. Uh, Kent played se- centrally a heck of a lot on on Sunday, rather than out wide up against uh, Kenny. Whereas on the other side, Aribo was wide. I mean, he was he was right on the touchline sort of situation. So I think we'll go back to the starting eleven. But I think 
I wouldn't be surprised to see Roof start and Aribo potentially dropping back into, into mid, the midfield, which I'm not his biggest fan in the middle three, but I think um, it, it, it depends what uh, Michael Beal uh, and his, his tactical uh, his tactical work, what he thinks. I'm not really sure what we've done against St. Johnson, uh, who, who put the front three has been in the, the previous uh, games at Ibrox, you know, but maybe the Roof would be an extra body, you know, because I Mm. I think they they play three at the back, St Johnson. Yeah. So potentially you've got you've got buff up there, causing chaos against three centre halves. You might want an extra an extra attacking threat rather than a Rebo or a or a Scott Wright, you know. So, but that'll be that's for Michael Beale and uh, Stephen Gerrard to to decide. We never ever talk <laughs> tactics on this, Cammy. Please don't start talking tactics. <laughs> Um, Scott, I suppose, well, I mean, Stephen Gerrard hasn't really changed much in the way a team shape against many teams this season. And I think the majority of the Rangers team kind of picks itself. Um, obviously, you'll have you'll have McGregor, you'll probably have Tav, you'll, you'll need to have Tav, Goldson, uh, Halander, Barisic, and then you'll have Davis and Kamara. Now, it's who he puts beside Davis and Kamara, and then you'll have Kent, Morelos, and then whoever he decides to put on that right-hand side. So that's your Aribo, your Hadji, um maybe Arfield and midfield. Who do you see him going with? I, th- I think yeah, I think we'll probably be the same as the, the old Firm game. Yeah, obviously with Tav coming in. Um, but I think he probably sees that as his strongest team right at this moment in time. And he'll want, you know, as we touched on before, prioritising the cup now. I think he'll want mm. his strongest possible team. So I would expect Arfield to be in midfield and Aribo out in the right again, especially uh, after playing so well against Celtic, um, I mean Scott's saying about the, the way St Johnson line up, and he's right that with the back three, where you would maybe tinker with it, maybe to try and get guys, you know, the front guys wider, um, so you'd maybe go with somebody, somebody else. But with Rangers fullbacks kind of bombing on, um, you know, if there is space in the kind of fullback areas where they're playing three at the back, Rangers will exploit it anyway. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Kent or Aribo coming coming inside and the, the fullbacks going past them. So, but again, I don't think I don't think Gerard will think too much about tactics. As Scott touched on earlier on, it, it's about attitude in these games. The Rangers are at it, you no, know, and they're at it for the start, and the attitude's right, which it should be because this is the only trophy left to, to go for. Then, you no, know, there should only be one winner. The, the, the danger in these games is if players. No, if they step off it, if they think it's going to be, if they think it's going to be comfortable, and they get they get caught cold. But I think he'll put his best team out, <clears throat> and I think if they're at it for the start, then we should have too many problems. So a slight worry, well, and we kind of touched on it earlier as well about Tav maybe not being a hundred percent fully fit. That we might be losing a bit of creativity in that team. Yeah, I think I think so. I think that 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 is a, is a slight worry, but I think you'll. He'll do the same as um, Wednesday, Wednesday night's game, in that uh, one of the midfield either either uh, Davis or Kamara will sort of will sort of shadow, shadow Tav, keep an eye keep an eye on him, just make sure he's okay. And I think like the boys like the boys were saying, I think he'll he'll start with the same team as, as he did in the old firm game, because you can always bring on guys like, like Scott Wright. And Scott Wright's proved that he, he can come on and you know get, get hold of the pace of the game very very quickly. So you could you could quite easily bring him on after an hour if it's not going if it's not going too well, you know if, if we need that impetus up front you can bring him on. So I think I think the team will be the same as it was against uh, against that other lot. 
<laughs> right, okay, right. Well, so we'll, we'll quickly wrap it up then, and I'll just come to you for predictions now. Scott, as a professional journalist and football watcher, um, I'm expecting you to be quite close to the result here. So give me a result, and give me, and we always like we always like a wee first goal scorer as well. <laughs> uh, I'll go. I think it'll be two 0 Rangers and first scorer Ryan Kent. Right, Wolf. I was also going to say 2-0 because they don't give up a lot of goals. But I'll go 3-0 just so that I'm not the same as Scott. I don't want to be copying the professionals. So I'll go 3-0. <laughs> first, first goal scorer, Alfredo Morelos. Oh, Cammy's shaking his head at that. I was going for 2 nothing. Scott's nicked that one. I'll go for 3-0. Right, um, I'll go for 4-0. And I will go Alfredo Morelos. With the first goal, Martin, I'll leave you one nil or five nil. I'm going to go um, <laughs> two nil. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Connor Goldson for the first goal. There you go. Um, so if, if any of these are wrong, you know, Scott, that's just embarrassing for you, mate, as a professional <laughs> football watcher. Um, but listen, Scott, Cammy, Wolf, guys, thanks very much for coming on. Thank you everybody for listening. We will be back on Sunday with live reaction and then back with your usual midweek podcast. So thank you everybody for listening and we shall speak to you again very, very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.